0: welcome to the women of fintech podcast series we are here today to celebrate the wins raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry now today we are joined by sophie gerber co-ceo of traction now traction exists to make it easy and cost effective for you to report transactions and positions across all asset classes traction is a provider of regulatory trade reporting solutions to financial services businesses dealing in OTC derivatives and other financial products which require transaction reporting. Sophie has a stellar academic background with degrees in law, accounting, finance, all of which paved the way for Sophie to build her own compliance and legal firm called Sophie Grace and this is alongside being co-CEO of Traction. Sophie Grace is an Australian compliance and legal consultancy business, which specializes in assisting funds establish and maintain a financial services and credit business in Australia. Sophie works across a broad range of financial services, including fund management, derivatives, financial planning, and stockbroking. She is here today to share her story with us and all of the lessons along the way. Sophie, thank you so much for joining us today. That is such an interesting introduction. I cannot wait to learn more. Oh, thank you. Great to be with you as well. Thank you. So tell us a bit more about Traction to start with and what that role entails.
1: Yeah, so I was running the Sophie Grace business for seven or eight years before Traction started. So the Sophie Grace business works with a lot of financial services firms and credit firms in Australia. We had a a big market in a lot of derivatives and, and trading firms that we were servicing. So a lot of those firms came along to us when the ASIC reporting regime was about to start and said to us, we need your help. And I was looking at this uh, reporting requirement and I thought, oh, wow, that has got a few more layers to it than I have the skills to get done for you or, or properly guide you. But I knew just the person who, who could work with me to help get that done. And that was Quinn Perot, who you've interviewed previously on on another one of your your channels. So he had worked for one of our clients and we'd worked well together. He had a lot of experience in trading platforms uh, and technology. So he was on a temporary hiatus from working, taking some time off. And so I called him and I said, I need your help to get this done. So we met up uh, in Bangkok, actually. Curious place to meet, but there you have it, how the world worked at that time. And yeah, agreed to start traction. originally, we weren't quite sure of of the business model, but we spent a lot of lot of hard hours getting it up and running uh, and managed to pick up a really big market share for the particular phase of reporting we were doing for the ASIC regime in Australia. so very shortly after that launched later in in the year, so we met in Bangkok in about March, launched in Australia in early December, or as in our our product went live with reporting at that point. And then very shortly after that, by February, we were trying to set up an office in London. So that was in 2016, when when we turned up in London, thinking we were going to do the same thing. That journey took a little bit longer to get a a good market share in in London, but now we've got a good, good European business. So that's a bit of the background about Traction, but In terms of what what we actually do, so we have what Quinn coined as the triangle of pain. So there's uh, what, what the regulators want reported about the transactions which are being undertaken by financial firms. There's what's sitting in the financial firm's trading systems or back office systems, as they call them. And then there's what's called the trade repository. And those three sets of information At first glance, you'd think, oh, it's all the same thing. It can't be that hard. But when you actually go into to start pulling that information out of the systems and and putting it into the next system and making sure it's compliant with the laws, it's not that simple. So we help people understand the rules, get the data out of their system and convert it into the format that, that it needs to be in order to get it into what's called the trade repository. And the trade repository sends it off to the regulator. So it's a, it's a simple business model, but like a duck, there's lots, lots happening underneath the surface to, to get that right for our clients. At the moment, we re- report something like 10 million trades every day. So there's a lot of information flowing through our systems.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that growth is formidable. You know, I can, I can imagine and I can really understand that story that you're saying, you know, London, you know, it, t- it took a while to get that growth uh, off the ground. But now, you know, you're a formidable force across Europe. What do you think has made that happen and makes traction unique? So I think that in our
1: business model where we're very focused on being very genuine and honest, I'm Australian, Quinn's originally from New Zealand, but spend a lot of time in Australia. You know, very open and, and frank people. We're determined. We say things how they are. So, you know, we, we've persisted. We've had a, a few hard knocks along the way. I wouldn't pretend that it has been anything other than that, but constantly get back up. And yeah, we, you know, the London winters are, are brutal. They're, they're hard on people like us from the sunshine. But yeah, you're not used
0: been,
1: to it. <laughs> definitely not used to it. And the shorter days in winter are very, very hard. But we, we stuck at it. And I think people have recognised over that time that, that we've been a, a key and consistent player. Uh, and we've, we've got a lot of integrity that, that flows through our business. So uh, people appreciate that. And, you know, you start to build up a, a good reputation but the first phase of our business sort of came easy in many respects although at the time probably would have been hard to tell us that that's actually what it was going to be relative to the UK but yeah we we've stuck at it so the benefits have, have flowed from there and customer acquisition has has been exponential over time
0: mm. That's so exciting to hear hear that. And there's so many words that you've said or, or visualizations that I've got now based on what you've said so far. Like, I love that analogy of, you know, a duck on a, on a still, still water pond looks calm, but actually underneath there's so much going on to, to make sure that what's happening above is calm. And, you know, this sort of triangle of pain that that you alleviate, that you set out to alleviate for your customers. So that triangle of pain is no longer that pain, it's, it's fixed. And I think that's, that's an amazing thing to talk about. Plus, you know, you're talking about resilience, uh, consistency, integrity, loyalty to your customers. So all of this, when it's genuinely at the heart of your business, it makes sense why the, the growth has been the way it is. But what would be really nice to hear a bit more about is, is I suppose, what's got you to be able to do as much as you've done, you know, with your own firm, with what you've done with uh, as co-CEO of Traction. It would be great to hear more about your career journey and, of course, some of the lessons along the way.
1: Well, I'm currently in Sydney, so we're in a lockdown. So it feels feels like I'm at the end of a long journey, but I know that people in the UK have been through that that lockdown journey and you've, you've come out the other end, although you probably thought you never would. So... I as you mentioned, started with a commerce degree combined with a law degree so it was a double degree while I was working at university I worked at a couple of different banks uh, and I was really given given a leg up by by someone to to get those jobs which was not required but it was an exceptionally kind kind thing to do by by that lady and I managed to use that as a platform to to get a job in a, a funds management firm and after that uh, i was only a fairly young lawyer actually uh, i decided that i wanted to start this consultancy business i realized that that i liked more of the, the interaction with with people and with clients and the role i was doing was not about so much interaction with people and and advising people as probably suited my personality so I had a bit of a learning about, about my personality and, and about what I really like doing. And, and I like the law, but I I like business as well. So I spent a lot of time building that business up. This, that's the Sophie Grace business. There are a lot of hard, hard knocks and hard times during, during that. I wouldn't want to pretend otherwise. There were certainly a lot of benefits and a lot of good times. But yeah, it, it's not an easy road. It's a fulfilling road, but your own business is has hard things happen that I think, uh, unless you've you've done it before, it's probably hard to explain. And unless you've done it before, it's probably hard to describe how quickly you forget, forget how difficult it is because you have to, otherwise you just wouldn't get up in the morning. Yeah, so the consultancy has has been a a great thing. I've met so many people. Uh, We've helped so many different people doing so many different things. And the great thing about it is some of this stuff that, that we do, especially on the compliance and legal side, is people pushing uh, pushing out into new areas of, of financial services and new products. And so they understand that you can't be an expert on everything, but they know you're capable uh, and they know you have good experience in, in related areas and, and they want to work through that with you. So uh, we've had many of our clients for, for quite a long time and, and worked with them, but we also have a very steady stream of of new people coming in. So that's the Sophie Grace business with, with really great people who work in that business. I could definitely not do it without them. They, they work really hard and, and are really popular with, with clients. So great having them on board and some of the newer lawyers that come through. That's sort of the journey and Traction's now been running alongside it and sits in the same office as the Sophie Grace business. So we all work together, at least from the Sydney side of things.
0: Yeah, so it's it's brilliant to hear how that's all come together, and I'm really interested to hear more about that people side of things, just in terms of what you've learned around company culture and what you put in place.
1: Yeah, so I've always been very keen. in In my earlier career, I spent a lot of time socialising with my co workers and, and getting very highly involved. I think now what what we've put in place is I'm really keen for people to have have a work-life balance, uh, have other things going on because having other things going on helps you do your job better overall, I think. So I'm definitely, we're not one of those firms where people are working till 10 or 11 at night and we're eating pizzas at the desk. Unless something's gone wrong or there's something super urgent, everybody needs to be home. They need to be offline. But I, I don't like seeing emails coming through at the middle of the night or super early in the morning, I like people to have normal balance because our work is consistent throughout the year. So we're not like some some businesses where we have a really busy end of financial year. We we're just nonstop. And you can't maintain that 15, 16 hours a day forever. Well I don't I couldn't. Don't think most people can. So we work hard for a you know a good good number of hours every day and we're nice to each other. Uh, we're honest. Certainly we're all accountable for our actions. I'm very much, you know, yeah, not, not treading on people. So all those, all those things that, that you hear people complain about with work, you know, I'm not saying never happens with us. I'm sure, you know, there's been instances where I've done the wrong thing or haven't done quite the right thing, but we all try and be honest. Okay, yes, sorry, I'll do that better or change that or we made a mistake here, whether that's with clients or within our, our staff.
0: And that's really good to hear, you know, that, that constant learning and improvement. What about your thoughts on inclusion within the workplace and its place within people's strategy? Can you share that with us?
1: Yeah, uh, so both businesses, uh, but particularly Traction, have a really diverse set of staff members. So with Traction, you, we've got a lot of IT people and you tend to get, get a, a broader broader sweep of people in it or they're certainly very different from the sophie grace kind of staff who are more lawyers and consultancy you can become a bit robotic in that regard but but across the board there's there's a real range of people and yeah i've definitely learned a lot from all the different people that that we've had within both organizations because they come at it from different perspectives uh, they say different things in the office. You, you learn things about different cultures, about different ways of interacting. They have insights into people that we deal with that I don't have or that other people don't have. So we're all helping each other in that that regard because at the end of the day, a, a client-serving business, and there's a fairly high amount of interactions with, with clients, uh, even though the traction business is a software-as-a-service business, you, you know, people still ring, they still ask questions, they still want help. And living in London, living in Sydney, you, you've you got all sorts of different people that, that you come across. And you, you can't just be be cut from one mould and deal with all those people effectively. So yeah, we, we've we learned a lot. It, it's been good. The diversity is a great thing for our businesses.
0: I think that's so great for you sir, to explain it like that, you know, that you're a client and a customer serving business and having that diversity of thought and perspective is is a positive thing for you this is a huge huge topic that I love to talk about and help businesses worldwide with regards to how they can create a more inclusive workplace to really mirror society and mirror the people that they are they are trying to serve what would be your course of action with regards to what more we should all be doing in this industry to really encourage and adapt to better workplace inclusion
1: it's interesting i'm certainly not a hr expert and anybody who knows me would would say you know that that's not my my key area but uh, i definitely think that this does seem to be something broken in in the interview process so we were doing some interviews yesterday and i mean for for people who are going to be doing very quiet back office IT roles, it does seem curious that, that you expect them to perform in a contrived conversation well and effectively and, and, and come across, say, as well as you'd expect someone who has to do the same process to interview for a job as a lawyer or to interview for a job as a salesperson. So I just think there does need to be either a change in, in the system, but I, I don't know what the answer to that is or going into interviews with a bit less of a rigid outlook. Certainly we were reflecting afterwards that perhaps even some of the people we, we have in our business now, if we'd been too rigid in our expectations in the interview process, we, we wouldn't have hired them. And they've been great hires. They, they've been so valuable to our organisation, but it could be because they are very IT-focused combined with English as a second language, combined with they're just not great communicators all the time, but but they're so loyal and they're so good at their job and they're so thorough and dedicated. So I think there just needs to be some rethinking of the system, but but I don't know what
0: that is. It's really interesting that you bring that up because it was only this morning that I was speaking to my CEO, Toby Babb, about this and about how we are spending lots of time with our clients to help them re-engineer their interview processes to truly reflect the role that they're interviewing for and truly reflect the values of their business. So when you spoke about integrity and consistency, for example, that's the sort of things that we'd want to build into an interview process to reflect what it is that, that it means to work for your business. So I think that's a really, really valid point. And I think anybody listening to this, it's worth consideration within your company internally to look at what, how, how is it that we project ourselves in an interview? How do we conduct these interviews? For completely different positions because it should change um, absolutely so Sophie it's been just absolutely wonderful learning about traction learning about Sophie Grace they both sound like fantastic businesses and to hear about how your values are reflected in company culture and how you put your people first within the business it's no wonder you've grown at the the rate that you have done globally so thank you so much today for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you great to talk with you.